This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Broadcasting from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to bring you episode 556, the first episode of a new decade of THN. Nerds, my name is Matt Brown. Can't believe we made it through the last one. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. Welcome, as Matt said, to a very special edition of the show where we are handing out awards for achievements in the field of comic booking for the year of 2019. That's right. It's time for the ninth annual THN Golden Beppo Awards. I wasn't certain, so I didn't write a number in there. <laughs> nah, I got Maybe you. I got you. Eight. Maybe we didn't do it for the first two years. I don't recall. <laughs> uh, last year, I, I listened to last year's. You started off calling it the seventh, and I corrected you in midstream, and ah, we changed it to the eighth. There we go. So I learned something at least. After that, it is up to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we're rapping about our first must-read comic picks for 2020. But, Joe Patrick... That's about all we're going to have time for. So before we break our sober January promises on day one, we should probably talk about 2020's first nerd news. Nerd news. The day the last episode of the first season of The Mandalorian began streaming on Disney+, Plus, show creator John Favreau announced the series has been renewed for a second season. Shocking exactly no one. This, yeah, this is from the much to the shock of no one desk. Yes. <laughs> uh, he announced it on Twitter. It will debut in fall 2020. Get your credit cards out because that Baby Yoda merch is coming. Oh, my God. Somebody sent me a T-shirt with Baby Yoda holding a pug on it today. Oh, boy. Proving that those nerds over at... Uh, with it, T-Fury? Yeah, Redbubble or whatever. Redbubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, T-Fury. They will, there is no copyright that they will not violate, and they will put any manner of nonsense on a T-shirt to get your money. <laughs> yeah, they will They will, They will. will mash up any two things. Someone was like, isn't this cute? I was like, no, it's fucking stupid. Why does Baby Yoda have a pug? God, it's dumb. <laughs> you know? uh, today I saw a T-shirt of uh, the Mandalorian, but the title was in the, uh, the Metallica font. <laughs> very, very like, clever guys okay, great well done boy you want to piss off two properties litigious. star <laughs> wars and metallica yeah, right. that's about the worst <laughs> meanwhile disney plus rang in the new year by dropping a what's coming to disney plus in 2020 teaser trailer and in addition to the aforementioned second season of mando and the first season of marvel studios the falcon and winter soldier the trailer revealed the surprise edition of the first season of WandaVision. Slid back, huh? Uh, slid up. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. forward. Yeah. Forward. Whatever. Yes. You know what I mean. Right. Uh, starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany reprising their roles as Wanda Maximoff and The Vision, hence the title. The series was originally announced to debut in early 2021 along with Loki, and it is expected to lead directly into... 2021's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, in which Olsen will co-star. Now we're going to get to see the lead-in series a few months early. Exciting. 
Very exciting. They're calling this a blend of classic sitcoms with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a series Marvel Studios describes as two superpowered beings living their ideal suburban lives who begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems. So they're in prison or something. Yeah, I don't know. This is going to be some sort of Tom King vision uh, miniseries homage, I think. Uh, It's going to also bring back Kat Dennings as everyone's favorite Darcy Lewis. I don't have a problem with Darcy. Darcy was kind of funny. We just watched Thor 2 and we liked Darcy. Yep, it's true. Uh, (laughs) Randall Park will also be back as Agent Jimmy Woo. I love him. (laughs) I loved him. Uh, And then it was just announced that Tayona Harris, pardon me, Tayona Paris, uh, will be playing the adult Monica Rambeau. I do not know who that person is. Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with that actress. I'm not either, but you've got to wonder, like, this cast of characters, one from Thor, one from Ant-Man, one from Captain Marvel, what are they all doing? And then leading show? into Doctor Strange. <laughs> right. Like, what are they all doing on this show? It is a mystery. What does this mystery. mean yeah. for the plot? You know what I mean? Like, the biggest, some- yeah, I think WandaVision is the biggest question mark of all of these new shows that are coming out. Most definitely. Most definitely. No question. But, I mean, I think uh, on, the, uh, on a different note, I think it was super smart of Disney and Marvel to push that show forward because people are already canceling their Disney plus subscriptions. Now that Mandalorian is over a hundred percent. That's what happened. People finished Mandalorian. I'm like, thanks done. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back when you give me something cool. You know, don't get me wrong. The Marvel cartoons are fun and stuff like that. And if you have kids, you can probably watch the Disney movies a million times. But if you're just some dude, like a lot of our friends, who put up pictures of themselves canceling with comments like I have spoken. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, the Mandalorian is, is over. I have this is the way. Yeah. <laughs> the Mandalorian is over. I have spoken. <laughs> yeah. You, they gotta get some fresh content on that thing and quick. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked they didn't have something immediately after. Like if you look at like the HBO model, Watchmen just ended and this outsider show that Stephen King did starts like three weeks later. Yeah. So they know what they're doing. You're yeah. not, that's not even a month. You're going to think, well, I'm not going to cancel now. I want to check that show out. That looks awesome. And it's only three weeks from now. And that's, uh, I've already paid for this month. So screw it. Sure. Like, yeah. come on, Disney Plus. I realize you're new here, but you are Disney. Right. <laughs> you I mean, know, no better. <laughs> I think, I mean, they're also, they also were pretty frank out of the gate saying that, like, we're not going to be able to compete with services like Netflix in terms sure. of quantity. Sure. Um, you know, I, and I think that they're kind of happy to, Maybe be a, a, a second choice for some people. Um, I suppose. But, but it's I mean, also like, like they have super more cheap. content than HBO, no question. Yeah, but Disney Plus is very cheap. Yeah, that's so, true. I mean, yeah, I, I still think it's worth it because I, I, having all the Marvel movies and all the Star Wars movies on tap whenever I want, that's worth five bucks a month to me. Yeah, that's fun. Catherine Hahn is going to play the nosy neighbor. She's great. And uh, I Catherine Hahn. I love Catherine Hahn. If you so don't know much. who that is, uh, she was the voice of. Uh, Live Octavius in uh, Into the Spider-Verse. She's also uh, Miss Fletcher on that show, which is very good. Oh, yeah. She's uh, been in a ton of stuff. I love her so much. Oh. Uh, I, I, my favorite uh, role of hers it was as the, like, bitchy, pushy lawyer on Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That came in <laughs> to, like, destroy them. <laughs> So yeah, just in time for uh, you to renew your Disney Plus thumbs uh, up subscription for 2020. Smart there you move, go. guys. <laughs> oh.
I don't actually care about any of this. I'm just trying to win. From the Jonathan Hickman, but not the X desk comes Decorum. Writer Jonathan Hickman and artist Mike Huddleston, a name we have not heard for a while. Yeah. And we love that guy. It's true. They are launching a new creator-owned series this March titled Decorum. Scheduled to debut March 11th, Decorum is Hickman's first new creator-owned work since revamping Marvel's X-Men line and teams him with Huddleston, who created variants for every issue of House of X and Powers of X. I can't do that math, but it's at least 60, right? Um, That's 12. There are many assassins in the known universe. This is coming from Hickman. This is the story of the most well-mannered one. Reads image description of number one. Manners are a sensitive awareness of feelings of others. If you have that awareness, you have good manners, no matter what knife you use. What is this comic book? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Hickman and Mike Huddleston, I wouldn't mind. If they told me they were like, they're relaunching the Cabbage Patch Kids, I'd go, all right, well, got to read that. So Yeah, right. Yeah, this is going to this is going to be great. And sure, I think it's good that they're giving Hickman a chance to do something else as well. So he doesn't burn out. Right. You know, I'm I'm glad he didn't sign some Marvel exclusive contract. And that's all they're letting him do. And East of West just ended. So it's a good opportunity for something new. I Uh, need to finish that. I need to catch up and finish it. Oh, my God. East of West is amazing. uh, Mike Huddleston is an amazing talent. And it is a shame that he is not a bigger name. Uh, I will tell this story every chance I get. I was working with a guy named Gary Peterson who happened to be the letterer for Phil Hester's The Coffin. Uh, Such a great book. At Such Oni a great Press. Book. And uh, I was working in the mailroom when Mike Huddleston was FedExing original art pages to Gary. And so I got to like pour over his original line art. Where is Gary now? What's he doing? Have you talked to him? Uh, yeah, he's a teacher. That's too bad. <laughs> he's doing quite well. He's a very happy sorry family man. Gary, I'm sorry to hear that, and I hope you get better soon, man. You know? <laughs> but yeah, this should be good. Uh, both names definitely have my attention, and I'll read anything new from Hickman. Totally. Finally, from the incoming desk, following last week's release of the 2020 teaser one-shot incoming, Marvel has released more details and a teaser trailer about Empire. That's I think it's Empire. Empire. There's a Y in there. E M P Y R E. This will be an April launching event series co written by Al Ewing and Dan Slott with art by Valerio Skeety. Uh, the event is being branded as an Avengers Fantastic Four team up rooted in stories spanning throughout Marvel's 80 year history, according to the publisher. Here's a little bit of a description. With a massive war fleet approaching, the Avengers and the Fantastic Four team up for 2020 in April's Empire. But will their combined strength be enough to save the day? So this is all kind of tied into the Infinity Mask stuff? Um, and the, well, the Mask... What's the name? The Masked... What's the, the what's Masked the Raider. Thank uh, you, the Masked Raider. We got to look at... The, let's just talk about Incoming for a second, because we didn't review it on the show. No. Let's just talk about it. Yeah. You and I both read it, and we both agreed, I felt nothing... It was basically a 100-page advertisement. That cost $10. Pretty much. And, like, it sort of teased some stuff to come. One major thing was this murder that took place in Matt 
or not Matt Murdock's apartment. Whose apartment was it? No, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It was the the victim's apartment. It was okay, uh, and it was like a. Oh, that's right. It was a murder that took place, basically like a a locked room mystery, which was right. always like Sherlock Holmes' favorite thing. Like, right. no one could have come or gone, but this man was murdered, and they found a clue on the back of a picture of the victim, and it was a code. It was like a number, and then there was a holla star on it, and then they proceeded to try and convince us how bizarre and important this is yeah. for the rest of the you know, the issue. Right. To which I kept going. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like I've encountered more bizarre shit than this do we really need to call in the blue marvel and well i mean fantastic the guy Four? did turn into a tree that was pretty weird i sure i guess but <laughs> uh so yeah it's all it was all uh, basically this conspiracy uh between uh a kree agent and a scroll agent that were hiding on earth uh and it's all has something to do with um hulkling right uh assuming his birthright as the ruler of whoever uh, of this like united empire or whatever and i mean that sounds fine this creative team is good i agree yes. that incoming wasn't anything special but that's because it was so disjointed sure and uh, the closer they get al ewing to fantastic four the better oh hell as yeah far as i'm concerned i'm and, like just let let him have it please. and the avengers for that matter yeah definitely but like al ewing and the fantastic four completely down please 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 it's like we not to say that Dan Slott's Fantastic Four is bad, but I will say it's not good. It doesn't do anything <laughs> for me. No, it's just kind of, it's, I mean, I will say that it's a comic book that comes out once a month. <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Uh, like, there's just, I caught up on it and I read all 12 issues of his Fantastic Four and I felt very similar to the way that I feel about his Iron Man, where it started kind of strong and then it just sort of, it's just been... I get, treading I, yeah, water. I, I let myself fall behind and I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, in a press release, Marvel editor-in-chief C.B. Sobolski described the event as, quote, one of the most incredible science fiction sagas Marvel has ever put to the page. We're not making fun of Sobolski. That's what he actually sounds like. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. uh, uh, can we real quick talk about the idea of Marvel putting out trailers for comic book events? Yeah. I hate I, it. I, it's the same as like the seasons and all that crap. I hate that. Look, like, these are not TV shows. They're comics. I, You're not going to trick anybody and be like, I didn't realize I was reading a comic. I thought I was watching Netflix. Like, no, it's, like, <laughs> it's not going to work. Like, okay? I, I, if you're, if you're, I, if your goal is to like get me pumped for your event, I don't think Tom Brevoort yelling at me for 30 seconds is the way to right. do it. Right. But I also don't know that they have a better way to do it. So yeah, this is what we get to make fun of on this show. And yeah. without them, we don't get to make fun of this stuff. So yeah. So, on. hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That is your nerd news for the week, but I'm sure we missed plenty of other stories while Tom Brevoort was shouting at us about the Planet Terry reboot. So hit us up on the THN Forum's <laughs> Big News section, or better yet, tune in to Cover to Cover Live every Saturday where we broadcast on our Facebook page from 11 to noon Central Standard Time. Now that the holidays are over, it's the only thing you have to look forward to. It's and, true. And you control the content. This week, we're talking about your nerd year resolutions. Maybe you're done with the WWE or returning to print comics. 
Maybe you're finally getting to catch up on that Prince of Tennis run you've neglected. I have a huge stack of President Dad on There's my There's a nice movie. Man. There's a Prince of Tennis movie on the way, so we, we need to catch up. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be out of the loop. <laughs> so, what are your nerd year resolutions? Call us live on the Ziggurat Hotline, 402-819-4894, or click the Call Now button on the Facebook page. And if you can't be there live, leave a message or send an MP3 to TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com. Say what you will about 2019, I think we can all agree that it's over. Which means <laughs> the ballots have been tallied, the comics have been bagged and boarded, and it's time for Joe and I to hand out the coveted Golden Beppo Awards to celebrate landmark comic book achievements in the field of comic booking for the year 2019. Joe, it is my esteemed pleasure to welcome our very first presenter, Black Scorpion the Three himself, Nick Garcia, ladies and gentlemen. Whether it's a dark and brooding champion of justice, a wise cracking merc with a mouth, or another damn X-book, every great superhero comic needs a great hero. Here are your winners for 2019's Best Hero. Joe Patrick, I insist you go first. Who is your best hero of 2019? You know what? I struggled a bit uh, to narrow it down to one, and so I didn't. Uh, you cheater! Oh, God, you <laughs> always do this! God! We're going to saw the Beppo into pieces and mail it to him? What are yeah, you going to do? just like Solomon and the baby. Cut okay, that thing so here's right what we're going to do. You name them all, and I'm going to pick your best. How's that? No, I'm just going to name my tie. I only have two. Uh, I don't have like Lord. six nominees. I narrowed it down to two. I can't believe you can't do your job. I did my job. Uh, <laughs> so for me, this was just a banner year for Superman. Uh, I, I loved everything that that character had going on in 2019 uh, with the Bendis books and Event Leviathan and uh, the Secret Identity stuff. And uh, I'm just super pumped for Superman books right now. Well, let's not forget the Watchmen tie-in, too. Doomsday Clock, and, I mean, <laughs> man. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I but mean, what, that had some, what they, that had some what great they moments, yeah. did for Superman in that was pretty amazing, so. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, but I am also super impressed with the evolution of Jane Foster, uh, Valkyrie. That book is really great. Uh, Al Ewing and Jason Aaron are co-writing it right now, and... Uh, Cafu is the artist and it's gorgeous. And I'm so glad that when she stepped down as Thor, Marvel didn't forget that character. She, she had, she had been elevated to a certain status and, and she deserved to keep it. And I think it's awesome that she's adopted this role as the Valkyrie. Uh, she's got that badass all weapon that turns into wings and maces and bows and arrows. And I love it. Valkyrie. That's so my tie for best hero, Superman and that, Valkyrie. That's ridiculous. My best hero goes to Superman. And with it was not even a question. What Brian Michael Bendis, what Brian Michael Bendis has done for that character is amazing. And he's really breathed life back into 
a Superman that DC really lost track of and had no idea what to do with. And the same way we've like talked about how the WB doesn't know what to do with the Superman movie. DC tried putting him in a new suit, tried making him younger, tried making him a kid, tried making him a union buster. Like it was all over the place. And Bendis just brought it back to what we love about the character what we love about the characters around him. This latest uh, development with him coming out of the closet, telling everyone that he's Clark Kent and Superman, revealing his his identity to the world was just stunning. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, stunning. Absolutely. And so well done. And I could not be more excited, not just for this, but what they've set up for the Legion of Superheroes, for what they did in Doomsday Clock. I think this was one of the best years for Superman that I can remember as a comic book reader. And I just quite some time. Yeah. I had too much fun with it. It was absolutely wonderful. I totally agree. Superman. No question. Ladies and gentlemen, James, Jimmy Randall. G'day, g'day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Now, everyone loves a great hero. But what would Superman be without Lex Luthor? The Fantastic Four without Doctor Doom? Or Maggie Simpson without that evil unibrow baby? Ladies and gentle nerds, these are your winners for 2019's Best Villain. Thank you, James. It's always nice to hear from you. Uh, sorry that Australia is on fire. I hope to get that taken care of. Uh, I, hope your butt, I hope your butt gets better real soon. <laughs> It was a weird year for villains, Joe. I don't know that there was a lot of standout villain performances. I thought about Lex Luthor a little bit, but I don't love... I'm bored with it. I will say this powered-up Lex Luthor thing they're doing is interesting, but it's not why I love Lex Luthor. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm bored with it. It's been going on for too long. I'm tired of the year of the villain. I'm ready for it yeah. to be over. Uh, Over at Marvel, I would argue there haven't been any major standout villains, but there is one that is not necessarily acting like a villain right now, but he's still a villain, and I'm giving my best villain to Mr. Sinister, because (laughs) what Jonathan Hickman has done with a character that I have never cared about, I, I just... Whenever Mr. Sinister showed up, I kind of rolled my eyes because it's like, who is this guy? What does he even do? He's been around forever. He's a geneticist. He's got a funny cape. (laughs) He really likes fringe. Yeah. I have no clue what he does. And Jonathan Hickman has turned him into this amazing character. Absolutely like flamboyant, ridiculous, fabulous villain. That is going along with the X-Men right now because it's the thing to do. That's where the party is. Everybody is on Krakoa right now, and he wants to be involved because he wants to have his fingers in that mutant pie right now. Grody. With everyone else. Yeah, but truly gross on his sense because he's not good, and he's got something gnarly going on, and it is going to come out that he's doing something terrible. It absolutely is. But every time he shows up in any of these comics, he is a riot. Like, I cannot believe that Mr. Sinister is funny. (laughs) He's written so well. It's great. It's like, what if RuPaul was Mr. Sinister (laughs) right now? Uh, And I I think some of that credit needs to go to Kieran Gillen uh, because he instilled a lot of that personality into Sinister in his run on Uncanny X-Men. Without a doubt. Um, But yeah, I agree. What Hickman's doing with that character is super interesting. Um, Oh, my God. 
along those same lines, and my pick might be a bit controversial, I'm giving my best villain to Professor X. <laughs> hmm. The dude is acting super shady. I'm shady, but I wouldn't say evil. Eh, I th- weird. I, th- I will say weird. I think I, there is a villainous tone to what that character is up to and everything he says. I will give you there is a 50% chance that he is going to turn out to be a bad guy. And I find it super compelling. It is. It's very compelling. I kind of hope they don't. Or this is not the Professor X we think it is because I'm so tired of jerk Professor X. I just want good guy Professor X back. That's all I want. Uh, He's been such an asshole for so long. In in this week's X-Men, he takes off his helmet and you get to see his beautiful bald face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we saw his beautiful bald dead body, too. Well, yeah, technically. (laughs) (laughs) He's feeling much better. Like. I thought this week's X-Men was excellent. It was fantastic. And, yeah, it was really I mean, good. And a lot of that was also Magneto. But like, yes. there is something, uh, not not to make a pun about your uh, villain, but there is something so sinister yes. about what Professor X is doing. And I just, he was, to, to me, the most compelling villain-esque character of 2019. You know, and I thought about Magneto, but I have to say Magneto is very much acting like a good guy right now and i do think that when the shit hits the fan and we find out that either professor x is not professor x or professor x is a bad guy it's going to be magneto that we all turn to to put him down yeah that they all turn to and they're like we have to stop this guy yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it's must read it's still it's still must read stuff as far as i'm concerned uh at least the main x-men book and uh, yeah, I just, I cannot wait to see how this all shakes out over the next couple years. Ladies and gentlemen, from across the pond, stately Lord Fungus. Thank you, thank you, thanks everybody. No, please sit down, it's, it's on you. While THN loves to call them books with pictures, it's important to remember the bards that weave the written tales and fill the word balloons in our favourite funny books. So here are your winners for the best writers of 2019. Take it away, nerds. That's right, folks. We're getting into the real ones now. It's always fun to uh, hand out awards to fake people, but the real people, they deserve something too. Joe Patrick, this was a banner year for writers, and there were several that I kicked around. Jeff Lemire was definitely one of them because his name was all over the place, writing some incredible stuff. Cullen Bunn, while we don't always love the Marvel stuff he does, had an incredible year again, working on all his personal stuff. To me, in the end, it came down to Bendis and Morrison and Grant Morrison's work on both Superman and Green Lantern. And at the end of the day, as much as I loved what Bendis has done for Superman, I have to give my award to Grant Morrison for his work on the Green Lantern because it has been wonderful, simply wonderful. And all on its own, just a pure thought experiment on what if Hal Jordan was pushed through the meat grinder, basically. (laughs) And it has been amazing. Such an like just incredibly fun book 
that kind of flew under the radar a little bit. It, it sold really well, and it definitely made a lot of best of lists, but I don't feel like there was as much celebration of this book as there was of like the X titles and Superman yeah, and stuff like that. I, I think that's I think that's because it's kind of off in its own little corner. Yes, definitely. And it's, and it's, it's weird. It's as very hell. disconnected from the ongoings of the DCU, but uh, what he's done though, moving from the the Green Lantern to this black uh black stars say it? to this black stars book is amazing it's just been amazing and i had more fun reading this than i think anything else i read this year given it's graham morrison all right uh i am giving it to a writer who got one of my other awards last year um i gave my favorite single issue of 2018 to spectacular spider-man 310 uh written and drawn by a guy you may have heard of chip zadarsky yes uh, remember chip And I think that he has just, he has blown me away with his elevation or his evolution, pardon me, as a writer, uh, coming from like dumb, uh, juvenile dick and fart joke comedy to writing stuff like the white trees and, uh, 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 invaders and his daredevil. His Daredevil run has been fantastic. I really am good. loving everything Chip Zdarsky is doing right now, and I think he's probably one of Marvel's strongest writers not writing the X-Men. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I'm going to go ahead and call my shot for next year because he almost appeared this year because of some of the stuff that he did that I had no business liking, but Donny Cates is probably going to be my best writer next year. <laughs> You, like he definitely popped into my head, but I was like, Jesus Christ, I cannot give my best writer to the guy that wrote Carnage, that wrote, <laughs> you know, like Venom, the, yeah. go, the Ghost Rider and uh, Punisher <laughs> remix and Venom. Like, I can't do yeah. it. Although those are some of the best books I read all year. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> he, had a good, he had a good year. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our pleasure to welcome Mr. Willie Toots to the stage. While no comic tells a story without a script, it is the artist's job to convey emotion, transport the reader to other dimensions, and draw boobs so big they would cripple any real woman. These are your winners for Best Artist of 2019. Joe, every year is a tough year when it comes to artists because there are so many talented people working in the business right now. And this was a banner year with incredible work out there i had a long list that i had to pare down and in the end of it i had to decide like what was the most memorable things that i saw and that came down to just a few books there was trad moore's silver surfer black miniseries Mm. which was stunning that was such a leap in his work that we have not seen it just blew me away Johnny Christmas's work on the William Gibson's Alien 3 book that he did for Dark Horse was amazing. Absolutely amazing sci-fi stuff. Uh, Stephanie Hans on Die, which is a book that I don't even particularly like, but you cannot deny how incredible her art is. But when it came down to it, I had to go back to the Green Lantern book. I'm giving this to Liam Sharp. Really? I really am because his layouts were so gnarly and raw and weird and like 
purely British sci-fi feeling. There were pages that I like you could look at and turn 360 degrees and it still made sense the way he drew it. It was so original what he did. I was very close to giving it to Raphael Grandpa for his work on The Golden Child that he did the the yep. third, what is the fourth part of The Dark Knight Returns? Yeah, something like that. But that was only one issue, and I couldn't give it to an artist that just did one issue. So sure. I am going with Liam Sharp just because I don't remember the last time I saw a sci-fi book, let alone a DC sci-fi book that had this much style and originality to its look. It was just stunning. Absolutely stunning book. Congratulations, Mr. Sharp. Uh, my best artist of the year, I didn't really even have to think about it. Uh, it was one of my favorite comics of last year and this year. Uh, it is, uh, it was Murder Falcon by Daniel Warren Johnson. Nice. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson is a phenomenal talent. Uh, I, I don't remember, I don't remember his last book at Image before Murder Falcon, but, uh, um, his work on Murder Falcon and this new Wonder Woman Dead Earth mini is so beautiful, and nobody draws a monster like him. Nobody no, draws yeah, truly, a gross, truly. toothy, gnarly monster like him. And oh, Extremity! That was his last. Extremity, book. yes, thank you. Yeah, and uh, like, it, and it's just like simple, simple stuff. Like when he's like, he's illustrating uh, Jake thrashing on his guitar as hard as he can to power murder falcon and just the way that he illustrates his arm moving right on the guitar you know and he's gonna be a superstar he definitely is and i think this wonder woman project that he's on right now is going to vault him into absolute superstardom because the guy can write too he's a double threat yeah exactly exactly that's the thing it's like not only is he an amazing artist he is absolutely a double threat and a fantastic writer yeah, he's a he's a huge talent and somebody that I am definitely invested uh, in in following his career. Uh, whenever something new that he's involved in comes out, it moves immediately to the top of my pile. Yeah, it's must buy stuff without question. Ladies and gentlemen, Lord God Emperor of the THN forums, Mr. Brian Domingos. Not all comic stories need to run on for hundreds of issues over years and years. Sometimes a creative team can get more done in four issues than 40, and that is what we are awarding today. Here are your winners for the best miniseries of 2019. Miniseries were tough, and there were a ton of them this year, and War of the Realms is not getting my award. But I will say it was the most fun I've had with a Marvel event in quite a while. This year... I have to give, and this was so hard for me. I wanted to give it to House of X and Powers of X so bad because we had so much fun with that series, but I had to really think about it. And at the end of the day, my best miniseries goes to Murder Falcon from Image, written by the aforementioned Daniel Warren Johnson. It was such a wonderful eight-issue miniseries. It was serious. It was funny. There were serious stakes. It was, it was full like of an heart. Open, it was an open love letter to kung fu, metal, superheroes, <laughs> like, kaiju monsters. Like literally everything that I love. And while I read it, I just felt like I was closer 
to that creator. Like by the time yeah. I was done, I, I felt like I knew Daniel Warren Johnson and I could sit down and have a beer with this guy and we'd have a great time. Dang, that's a good way to put it. Cause it, it really, it, cause like there isn't, that's, it's one of those experiences that I haven't had for a long time. I've read plenty of stuff. Like I loved Hawks and Pox. It was so much fun, but at the end of it, I can say, wow, Jonathan Hickman told a really good X-Men story. I don't feel like I learned anything about Jonathan Hickman. I felt like Murder Falcon, as ridiculous as it is, the story of a guy that was a fucking rad metal guitar player. Turns out he hooks up with this superhero from another dimension that needs his metal to power up. You know, it's a ridiculous story. But there was so many personal be, like lovely nerdy touches to it that I felt like I met this guy while I read it. Yeah. And I just absolutely loved it. It's my favorite miniseries of the year. Yeah. You know what? That's a really, really strong contender for me. The only reason I didn't uh, go with it is because half of it came out last year. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, it still totally counts. I just, yeah, I went with it finished this year. That's why I'm going with, it, I went so. with something that I went with something that was new this year. Um, and I am giving my Beppo for best mini to house of X and powers of 10, uh, from Marvel because even though I know that we've, we've been a little bit lukewarm on the, uh, individual titles since it ended, that book was appointment reading. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Every every time a new issue dropped, and it wasn't just like, oh hey, the new X Men's out, cool. X Men's good again, great. It's like, oh shit, let me get out my decoder ring, so that right. I can decipher all of the Krakoan clues. Totally. It was like it was like watching Lost. Yeah. Where we like right. we had to see yes, what was going exactly. on. And when was the last time we were that excited about any X project? And, and it, it wasn't just that, but you also immediately wanted to talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I couldn't wait for the next cover to cover so we could go like, what the hell? Did you see what happened in, in Hawks number five? Mm -hmm. You know, I was so invested in that journey. The X-Men were in a low place and Hickman came in and put them back on top with in like three months. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just it was my favorite reading experience week to week. Certainly in 20, it in was a lot of fun. It definitely was a lot of fun. The only reason I couldn't pick it was because I just felt murder Falcon had so much heart. <laughs> like that was just it. There it are so no losers. Heart. There are only, no. I had some honorable mentions to uh far sector, which I think is going to be amazing. The only reason I couldn't pick it is because it just, started. it's just two issues in. And I don't know yeah. that it's a mini. I think it might be an ongoing. I think it's a mini. I thought mm. we said this is a mini and it's leading into something else. I don't remember. Uh, silver surfer black again, Trad Moore and Donnie Cates, absolutely incredible. And I love the black silver surfer. Oh my God. <laughs> He's so cool. <laughs> and then the life and death of Toyo Harada at Valiant ah. was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Joshua Dysart, what that dude has done with a Harbinger universe and the Valiant universe alone and the amount, the continuity that he maintains in that book he is either like working for a monster and it must be absolutely terrifying, you know, just going in and seeing all his post-it notes and fucking like yarn wrapped around thumbtacks and pictures moving to like map play. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, he is insane. And I love Toyo Harada and he Toyo Harada was almost my villain of the year because of that series. It was so goddamn good. 
great well, miniseries. Valiant is still doing it. They're still killing it They're with their new books. They're still doing it. You know what? I caught up on Bloodshot today, and it is so ridiculous and so 90s, and I love it. I just love it. And Brett <laughs> Booth is just, like, pulling out every character design that got turned down at Marvel or DC. You're <laughs> like, well, I got this. I got that. <laughs> it's so overly dramatic and wonderful. Oh, that's great. Returning to the ziggurat, the official THN historian, author, scholar, sex machine, Jason Sachs. Continuity. It's a word that hangs like the sword of Damocles over every comic book series. Though it can be rebooted, relaunched, and even reduxed, every comic book series creates new continuity with each new issue. Here are your winners for Best Ongoing Series of 2019. This was a tough one for me because there was only one series that could possibly win, but I don't know if it counts. What, what, okay, where are we going with this now? What are you doing? I'm doing it why anyway. Must, why must you do this? <laughs> I'm doing it anyway. I'm giving my Beppo best regular series to Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Wow. I mean, it's very new. And we don't know if it's a series yet. It's a, tw- it's a year long. Yeah. Right. But there could be more if it sells well, I'm sure. We'll, well maybe. We'll see. Um, yeah. And there's going to be a spinoff project. Uh, they've already announced something that Fraction's involved in. Um, but yeah, it's Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. A comic that should not work. Uh, no. That works on every conceivable level. <laughs> uh, truly. I was gonna do a th- I was gonna do a thing with my favorite single issue where I split the vote again, but I don't want you to be mad at me, uh, so I'll just mention it here. Uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number five is the hardest I've laughed at a comic book in my entire life. <laughs> That's not a joke. Yeah, it, That's it, not it a joke. was laugh out loud. That's not Fantastic. an exaggeration. And how I knew it was something special was because I read it a second time to write my review, and I laughed just as hard. <laughs> uh, it, it's just it's the story it's the it's the epic saga of jimmy olsen on the run uh somebody's out to kill him so he had to fake his death and now he's posing as irresponsible blogger timmy olsen <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he is in a prank war with batman <laughs> and it is just like it is it I can't believe that the comic is as good as it is. And it's don't, gorgeous to boot. Steve Lieber does the art. Yeah. And it is magnificent. Don't you miss Matt Fraction? I do like, miss Matt oh Fraction. Oh, my God. That dude is so talented. And, and I'm glad he's writing what he wants to write. I, I really am. But, God, I miss his superhero books so much. I do, too. <laughs> like, he was such a great writer. I do, too. And I think that Bendis uh, probably gets some credit for bringing guys like Greg Rucka and Matt Definitely. Fraction back to the fold at DC. Definitely. Um, and I hope that they stick around a while because having them, I think their work is elevating that company for me. Oh, um, without a doubt. Yeah. It, God damn it. Every time I think about the phrase irresponsible blogger, Timmy Olsen, I almost <laughs> lose it. Uh, yeah, it, it's a wonderful book. It's bar none, my favorite regular series of the year. It, it really was a lot of fun. And I thought about Matt Fraction as one of my favorite writers of the year, too, because it's so genius. But it's like, 
I don't know. I get this thing where I'm like, uh, I, I want to see a larger body of work. I want to see a larger body of work, but it really is fantastic. Yeah. My, uh, my best ongoing series. I didn't even have to think about it. It goes to Al Ewing's immortal Hulk. Yeah. That book is still unstoppably friggin' amazing. That was my I mean, winner for last year. I mean, literally the book started this year with Hulk in hell. He came out of hell. He destroys the universe. And now he's fighting the Minotaur who is leading basically like a Fox conglomerate. Yeah. It's <laughs> like trying to muddy the waters and defeat the Hulk with this like war of fake news. kind of Yeah. Shit. Well, <laughs> like, but also now like the Hulk has kind of co-opted this uh, black ops military base that was after yeah. him. Yeah. And he's using and, it to spread anti-Roxxon propaganda. And it is it, through it, a like, group through a bunch of Antifa teenagers. Pretty much. And like the stuff that Al Ewing has been able to write about in the Hulk just doesn't even sound like it would work. Like he writes about like police shootings, he writes about uh, you know racial things, he racial tensions. He the stuff that he introduces into this story is absolutely incredible and he's doing this while like betty by the way is a super powered gamma harpy yeah. that is tear that is tearing people's hearts out rick, <laughs> you know like, rick jones may or may not be a uh, floating zombie <laughs> right there and there was an ep there was an issue where they basically created like an abomination armor that they were wearing that yeah. was horrifying this you're just absolutely it's horrifying gross. And, and like it, props to the, joe bennett the regular series artist for that disgusting God. visual joe, yeah joe bennett was another name that came up in my best artist list as well because the guy that's just it here's the other thing normally we fall in love with someone who is like a regular artist on a book and then there's fill an artist and you go like chip zadarsky's uh daredevil kind of suffered a little bit when with art changes and i get it Mar you know, Marcos, Marcos Chichetto, Marcos Chichetto. He's a busy guy. And he was doing star Wars projects too. Uh, Tennessee Coates is captain America. Absolutely beautiful. When, you know, Fra Francis, Yu is working on it. And then they brought in some other artists, which I'm not going to name, but I did not care for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whenever someone steps in to do these side stories, on the immortal Hulk, you can absolutely tell that Al Ewing thought about it and he picked this artist for their style. Yeah. 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 And that's going to come up again in the next category. But like the, the issue they did, that was the biography of general Fortian, where we see this general Fortian character and how he came up under Thaddeus Ross and how he admired Thaddeus Ross, but he also saw his flaws right. and what he needs to do to beat the Hulk was stunning an absolutely stunning issue and it's a brand new character and introducing i can't even remember the artist that did it I, i'm doing a terrible job of this i apologize but like introducing this artist to tell this backstory was so genius and it didn't feel herky or jerky or substitute artist at all it just felt like this is a different story and it's right. going to bring us back to like the hulk story we're in right now i cannot believe how good this series is it is some of the best Hulk storytelling ever written. The Immortal Hulk, number one, with a bullet. I totally agree. I love that God, book. It's good. Joining us on stage, loyal love slave, loving father, Ryan Hebrews Mount. 
with hundreds of comics hitting the shelves every Wednesday, it can be nearly impossible for a creative team to leave a lasting impression on readers. But the following comics did just that. And here are your winners for best single issue of 2019. Joe, it is nearly impossible to look back and pick one issue out of everything we read on the stands and say this is the best issue that happened in 2019. But we're going to do it, and we're going to do it right now. And my best issue picks up right where I left off with my best ongoing series, and it is Immortal Hulk number 25. It was written by Al Ewing with art by... German or Herman Garcia. This was another one of those little breaks in the storyline. And this was right after a major storyline ended and before a new storyline has begun. And in these storylines, Al Ewing has been hinting that gamma radiation is not just radiation. There is something else going on there. And it is this universal force, possibly, that we don't understand. This story takes a break to look far, far, farther into the future of the Marvel Universe than I think we have ever seen, where, like, we are basically at the end of the known universe. And there are two life forms that are left that meet on accident and find each other at the last star in the universe. And it turns out that the world breaker is coming to destroy the final star in the universe. And that world breaker is the Hulk, (laughs) but it's not the Hulk as we imagine him at all. It is this whacked out crazy Jack Kirby cosmic version of the Hulk that is destroyed everything and just become more and more powerful even the two life forms in it which may or may not be robots are barely human and this story is so they're not at all human yeah they were like they were vastly alien yeah I, I, okay when i say human they may not even oh, be like living evolve. They could oh, be, oh, oh, yeah sure. they could be robot robotic i don't know this was super high sci-fi insanity like i could not believe where he took this one issue of the incredible hulk and like to a point where and some people i'm sure read this was like what the hell is even going on here i you know i read this to read the hulk or whatever this was amazing this was absolutely cosmic psychedelia absolutely beautifully drawn by german garcia and very much true to the story that al ewing is is telling but it is sort of like the ultimate logical conclusion of where his hulk story goes and it goes to the hulk destroying the goddamn universe well and my my favorite part about that issue was the tag at the end drawn by joe bennett where the the last living beings in the universe uh managed to send a message back in time in order to prevent the world breaker from coming to be. Yes. And uh, where that message ends up was like a huge oh shit moment. <laughs> uh, and I'm just waiting for that to pay off. Uh, yeah. I- incredible. Incredible it, issue. 
beautifully Truly. drawn. And like yeah. just such a curveball. Like I just picked it. All right, here's the next issue of Immortal Hulk. And it's got like the Hulk on the cover and there's planets and stuff. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? I had no idea what I was about to read. And yeah. I think it was some of the best sci-fi comic book storytelling that I have read in a very long time. Absolutely amazing. My number one best issue, single issue of the year. It's a good pick. Uh, for me, it all came down to a single issue that brought me back to being a fan of something that I had fallen away from, and that's House of X, number one. Really? Like, everyone was excited for Hickman. We all knew it was going to be sure. good. Like, I had to pick my jaw up off the floor when I finished reading Hawks, number one. And from there, I was just hooked. I was like, jacket straight into my veins every week. I want it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, it, it took me like, it took me from being a, a person that was just like begrudgingly reading X-Men comics. So I'd have something to talk about on the show, uh, to like, I need to read the next X-Men comic right now. And I haven't felt that way about the X-Men maybe ever. And yeah, Hawks number one, it was my favorite uh, single issue. Uh, I mean, again, that's hard. That's a hard one to pin down a single issue from that series as well, because the one where the X-Men go to space, and they all die is pretty great, too. Yeah, that was uh, amazing. <laughs> but <laughs> we're like, oh, crap. Is this how what? Yeah. yeah what are we and, doing? And that was like <laughs> that was the longest seven days of my life. Yeah, truly. Because like everybody <laughs> set it down. They're like. Okay, Jonathan Hickman, you killed Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, House of X number one just completely blew me away. It shattered my expectations. Like, if I if I had even an inkling going into it of what the story was going to be, it was gone, eradicated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at the end of that issue, and yeah, and I'm still. You know, a few months later, I'm still totally invested in finding out uh, this inscrutable, uh, solving this inscrutable mystery. Yeah, definitely. You know, I thought a lot about uh, Superman uh, 1018, where he came, like, reveals his... Oh, Superman 18? Yeah, that, man, that issue was so fantastic. And I went back and I read that again. And then I went back and I read the Immortal Hulk 25 again. And I just had to say, like, yes, while this is great character stuff for Superman and wonderfully written, I just can't, I cannot take anything away from what Al Ewing did in that issue. It just stunning. Absolutely stunning. It was a, it was another banner year for superhero comics. It really was. That is a wrap for the 2019 Golden Beppo Awards. Uh, we will discuss the listener's choice picks this Saturday on Cover to Cover, so be sure to tune in. Uh, there's still time for you to submit your picks if you haven't already. Uh, we've gotten a few from some folks, and it's not going to lie. It's all across the board. It's yeah. it's it's really va like interestingly varied. Thank you to all of the creators that put out our favorite books of the year. We wouldn't be into this hobby if it wasn't for you guys. And we will see you again at the end of 2020 or at the beginning of 2021. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs>
It's time to visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum for the Golden Beppo After Party, where Matt and I are cavorting with major comic stars like Herbie from the FF, Kellix, and Sikorsky from the Star Jammers. Why are all our guests D-list robots? You promised me we would host the AI party this year. We've been putting it off for like eight years now. Uh, fine, but I'm not staying, all right? There's a slutty Grim Fairy Tales party with bottle service down at the danger room, so... You're a pig, but before you go, why don't you tell these droids about your must-read pick for next Wednesday? Fine! My pick for next Wednesday is Cartoon Dialectics, number one, from Uncivilized Books. It is written and drawn by Tom Kaczynski. It's 24 pages for five bucks, but he's doing it all himself, and it's a little book, so pay it, all right? Here's your solicit. Tom Kaczynski, author of the Eisner-nominated Beta Testing the Apocalypse, brings his trademark, heady, laser-like cartoon theoretical focus on contemporary neuroses, obsessions, and contradictions. Did you know about the 36th Chamber of Commerce? Get the productivity tips of a master of Shaolin Kung Fu. Is there any possibility of utopia after an orgy of modernity? What are K-O-M-I-C-X-S. <laughs> Comixes. Irreverent, funny, and dinky award-winning Cartoon Dialectics becomes a regular series. Tom Kaczynski has this amazing sense of humor, and if you're a fan of things like The Church of the Subgenius and Daniel Klaus, you will absolutely love what this guy does. He is amazing. Sounds awesome. He's like too brilliant to be famous. That's his only problem. Uh, <laughs> so, Joe Patrick, what is your pick for next week? Next week, I am excited for Batman 86 from DC Comics, written by James Tinian the Four, with art by Tony Daniel. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit Tom King is dead, and it's a new day in <laughs> Gotham City. Long live Tom King. <laughs> but not the same old Batman. With Bane vanquished and one of his longtime alleys gone, pour one out for Alfred, Batman has to start picking up the pieces and stepping up his game. Batman has a new plan for Gotham City, but he's not the only one. Deathstroke has returned as well, under a mysterious new contract that could change everything. Beginning a whole new chapter in the life of the Dark Knight, the epic art team, blah, blah, blah. The reign of Tom King is over. <laughs> Uh, at least for now. I am excited for a new direction for Batman. I yes. like James Tinian. He's done, he did really good work on Detective. I want to see what he could do on the flagship book. Yeah, and I think it's time for Tinian to step up and get a shot like this. I'm glad he's doing it. I think th this should be a good time. The THN Trade of the Week goes to Science, the graphic novel from Bedside Press. It is written by Ashley V. Robinson and Jason Inman, friends of the show. We know those clowns. Look at this. It's art by Desiree Pittman. Whoop. Art by Desiree Pittman and various. It is 100 pages for $20. That's They're like two cents a page. They're giving this damn thing away. Here's your solicit. Tasman Kuhn Treku is a 14-year-old super scientist who just started studying at the Prometheus Institute, the world's most famous and prestigious science school. She's dealing with all of the normal transfer student stress, weird classmates crushing on her super smart roommate, the holographic ghost of her father, a murder mystery, and oh yeah, a hole in the space-time continuum. Holy moly! <laughs> So, yeah, this sounds fun, like a, a bit of a sci-fi kind of Harry Potter-esque. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with robots and a lot less, like, turfy bullshit. 
And Ashley and Jason have been working on this for a while. I'm really glad they got it off the ground. It looks fantastic. They had a very successful Kickstarter based on this. Good for them. They're good people. Support them. And this is a fun book to throw at your, what, I would say 12 to 15-year-old? Oh, yeah, definitely. I bet that's right in that alley. Yeah, for sure. Okay. These are just a few of the comics hitting the new shows at your local comic shop next week, but we want to hear about your must-read picks and about that embarrassing time the holographic ghost of your dad walked in on you masturbating. That's not what I was doing! I was, I was brushing my hair, okay? Head to the THN forums and let us know what you're reading, but also let us know what you'd like to hear us review on the show. And don't forget to pre-order your picks every week. Exhaust! That is it for THN 556, the first show of the new decade, and... Uh, The first show of the new millennium. Oh, the new millennium? Yeah. No, 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 no. We're still in the current millennium, which is a new decade in the current millennium. Oh, okay. Sorry. God, I'm so done explaining to you how the millennium works. This is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And know that it is, in fact, a new decade, by the way, because we don't count the zeros as the end of the last ones. That's how it works. Yeah, it's you don't say, hey, man, 1990. Remember that classic year in the 80s? <laughs> right, exactly. It makes no sense, so screw you. Joe Patrick, why don't we ask these nerds a new question of the week? This week's question was submitted by us via this internet radio program. Catch up on your reading? Read more indie comics? Finish that video game you've been neglecting? What are your nerd year resolutions? for 2020. I love it. What are you do different? And always, we need new question of the week suggestions. Shoot them our way. Email, Twitter, Facebook. Call us. Forums. If you call us and leave it, we'll play it on the show. Speaking of which, if you're new to this show and you would rather spend 2020 creating a podcast to smear our already questionable reputation and editorial opinions... Save your time because I assure you it's only because you have not heard enough. Good news is you can hear the entire run of THN in our digital long box archive at TwoHeadedNerd.com. But hosting that many episodes, it is not cheap. So we want to thank our newest patron donor, Thomas Branch. And if you want to be cool, just like Thomas, go to Patreon. Look us up, TwoHeadedNerd. Or click our Donate Now button right there on TwoEditNerd.com. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to U.S. Representative John Lewis, who announced this week that he has been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Because apparently we cannot have nice things in Congress. (sighs) We just can't. Sorry. Well, his graphic novel follow-up to the March series has been put on hold. Lewis has no plans to stop serving the people of Georgia's 5th Congressional District. And that is doctors say he has a fighting chance. So word to you, Congressman Lewis. You got this, man. We literally cannot lose him. We can't. No. Okay? Don't. <laughs> All right? Please. That's how bad it is. And I'm not doing this 2019 bullshit again. It's 2020. 2019 was a piece of crap. Listen, all right? buy your kids that graphic novel science so that they learn something and come up with a cure for cancer. Yes. We need it desperately. <laughs> Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just go on and on about how 2019 was nothing but fan service and garbage and it undid everything the 2018 setup. This is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off.